One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So here we are again, Tennis Podcast Towers, Dog on Lap, myself, David, Matt, Nando's Consumed, other peri-peri chicken outlets, I'm sure, are available. Although I'm not sure that many others are available because Nando's is dominating. Has so cornered that market. Yeah. And we all very much enjoyed our dinners. And uh, we've enjoyed another great day's play at Wimbledon. And it has been a great day's play at Wimbledon. I don't quite know what to lead with because if I felt any degree of certainty that we'd just seen... Andy Murray's last Wimbledon match, a three-set, pretty one-sided loss to Denis Shapovalov, then, of course, that would be the lead story. But I just don't know. As he left the court, I felt that he was was making it clear that it wasn't a goodbye, I felt. It was it was all in what he wasn't doing rather than, than what he was. But then we've all just read through his press conference transcript and what he had to say after the match and suddenly the waters feel somewhat murky. Well, I felt reading through them that he was clearly very disappointed with, with what he put out today, which which I found interesting. I find it, I've always found it so difficult to read Andy Murray. I, I'd never feel like I've, I've managed to achieve that, and that's fine. I think that's what makes him so fascinating as a sports person. And he would be so delighted to hear you say that. Oh. He prides himself on being unreadable. I'll be getting Andy Murray wrong for the next 20, 30 years, probably, <laughs> in one manner or another. Um, but the 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 bottom line from it was that he he doesn't want to be performing like that in his view in the long run it's not worth it is what he was saying i've he, he said i've had to put a heck of a lot of work in to get to this point and if that's going to be the result even after the two matches he's had admittedly it's in the immediate aftermath but he's saying i wouldn't want to do that so the conversations will have to come he said if me and my team are unable to get me on the court in a sustained period of match play and practice with the top players to enable me to improve. Because Denis Shapovalov was brilliant today. It was one of the best performances I've seen from Denis Shapovalov in a Grand Slam. But Andy Murray was unable to do much about it. And in his eyes, that's unacceptable. It's funny, isn't it? Because we all thought coming into to this Wimbledon, this grass court season, this Andy Murray comeback. It's all about the movement. How well can he move? And actually, he 
sort of was moving pretty well. It's not 2016 Andy Murray, but it, it was to the point where I wasn't constantly looking for the telltale signs of him, you know, not m- moving out towards the, the forehand side and trying to protect the hip. He was moving decently. The The tennis wasn't there, and that's why he lost today. And obviously fatigue is a, a massive part of that. But then, you know, as he pointed to in his press conference, he his fatigue was added to by the fact that his... Tennis let him down at crucial points in the two previous matches, and he played some some extra sets of tennis. And he said the actual issue with his body is mostly that it's not allowing him managing it is not allowing him to practice as much as he wants to get his tennis where it needs to be. He said that practice set he played against Yannick Sinner before Queens was the only practice set he'd played before Queens. Which is which is one fewer set than you played yesterday, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it was the tennis that led him down at Queens as well, wasn't it? We commented mm. then that he seemed to be moving okay. He just had a really bad ball striking day when he played Berrettini, and he obviously feels that that has perhaps carried on to Wimbledon at points. I think he did say there were times he thought he played well this tournament and certainly we would agree with that having watched him play well at times um but yeah it's really fascinating how that press conference has changed how I feel and how I view this match tonight I was watching this against Denis Shapovalov tonight thinking Murray played pretty well certainly in the latter stages of that first set he was really pushing Shapovalov and staying with him. And, you know, Shapovalov, uh, what is he, a top 10 player now? I think he is. 12. Top 12. Mm. 10th seed. Uh, 10th seed. So that was, you know, that was encouraging. And I I did think at the end of the night, I wasn't as sad Mm. as I expected to be, given that this could have been Andy Murray's last Wimbledon match, because I think I thought that Murray had got out of this Wimbledon what, he came to it for which was moments on center court again in front of those fans that brilliant comeback against Oscar Otto a couple of nights ago I thought Murray was content with that now partly because he sort of suggested that that was the case Mm. prior to the tournament but of course Andy Murray is (laughs) a competitor on a level that I can't understand. So I suppose it's only natural that there comes a point where that isn't enough. I'm just surprised it's come quite so quickly. Um, And as you said, he's put in all this work and perhaps he thinks that was kind of the best I have to offer. And if that's... I, I don't want to be playing like that. I don't like this feeling that I have now having just tried to beat Denis Shapovalov and let's be honest not come close Mm. yeah I imagine it feels very different to the Bautista Agut loss at the Australian Open you know losing like that today it had it had a feel of the loss to Felix Auger at the US Open last year the loss to Wurinka last year at the the French Open and actually there were Patches in the match today that were more competitive mm. than both those two previous examples. For sure, he had surges in the first and and second set, but 
by and large, the writing felt on the wall, really, um, for for most of it. And yeah, I've I've I'm having to do a complete reassessment of of how I feel and what I expect. I'm still confused, of course. <laughs> um, as a result of what he said afterwards, look, he's going to the Olympics. He will play singles and doubles at the Olympics. Now, on one hand, that's best of three sets. On the other hand, you have fewer rest days in in between. It's a it's a one week event. I do expect that he will go to the U.S. Open unless the Olympics is a disaster or he gets injured in some way. And then I think everything after that is um, very much up in the air. Yeah, I'd agree. Because I mean, part of it is this is the if this is the ultimate, if Wimbledon is the ultimate, and he's got to wait another whole year for another one. Mm. He's got to weigh up how much he's prepared to put in in order to to be here, hopefully at a higher level, and whether that's just realistic or not. I think, like you say, Olympics is another similarly high level event, that, a box that he can tick. Um, in terms of, I don't know, uh, it's just something he really wants to do. But mm. it's defending a title, isn't it? Yeah, He's the defending champion. But again, I think if he were to Two have an, mm. if, if he were to have another disappointment there, mm. I, like I'm not wishing this on him at all. But I can, I'm just sort of looking ahead and thinking if he were to have a disappointment, I think that would also be very difficult to take and might make him just consider really whether he wants to be bothered okay on the spot did we just watch Andy Murray's last Wimbledon match I would say no Billie Jean's retreated her TP I would say no she thinks of that question Um, but she did that was quite dramatic actually (laughs) Billie Jean Um, I would say no but I mean it's just a gut feeling that he will want to say goodbye and actually either either tell us that he's about to retire and play a Wimbledon or tell us immediately afterwards. I I have no idea. I mean, I've, he's never said that at all. It's just what I might imagine he might do. But, yeah, it could, it could be his last match. I'm going to say no. Matt? I'll join David and say no. I th- I, I think he would want... To announce it. I thought you were going to say for a moment there, I'll join Billie Jean in the teepee. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, looks, I've been wanting to do that all day. <laughs> it looks so cosy. It arrived today. Uh, it was an impulse purchase. I was 90% sure she would laugh in my face and never go near it. And I cannot tell you how big a hit the teepee has been. It has surprised us all. Nobody has accommodated to something so quickly as <laughs> Billie got, Jean have you and got the teepee. Six foot seven version <laughs> yeah. of that. Tall. Yeah, I think every sentient being might need a teepee. Um, okay, so right, so we shouldn't have led with that after all. Then, if that wasn't Andy Murray's last Wimbledon match, it was just Denis Shapovalov just putting in a really good performance lighting it up yeah lighting it up and being really classy afterwards he let Andy Murray have his have his moment did a did a good interview where he he said Andy Murray was is my hero and uh, said he told him that at the net and it was a really nice Denis Shapovalov moment he will play Roberto Bautista Agut for a place in the quarterfinals so interesting as a Mm. a match because it's 
one of those rites of passages, isn't it? it? That sort of match. It's kind of a test of patience. It's kind of like elevated Andrea Seppi, elevated <laughs> Pablo Carina Busta. That's what it is. Mm. And if you remember when he played Carina Busta last year at the US Open, and it was a real, he was playing really well. It was a massive opportunity, and Carina Busta took him out. It was five sets. It was so close. He's got to win one of these. He's got to win mm-hmm. one of these when it really matters. Because I feel like today was a a big step up, a big achievement for him. He handled that occasion. In fact, he he just flourished in it. But it, he's got to back it up. Mm. This was his first time on centre court. And he relished that. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he did. He loved yeah. it. And I think the most impressive part of the match was that end of the first set when Murray was really coming at him and he he hit in particular an incredible drop volley to save one of the break points and that was the moment where I thought gosh wow Shapovalov really is playing well today and he and he carried it on throughout the match but <laughs> kind of like the Andy Murray press conference is how I end up viewing this match the Bautista-Agu match is how I end up viewing this match for Shapovalov because he was great tonight, but to go up that next level in terms of his career and his Grand Slam performances, beating someone like Roberto Bautista-Agu is how he does that. Mm. Uh, by the way, I was taken aback by the power of his serve tonight. He averaged 120 mile an hour uh, on his first wow. serves and he was hitting top speeds of 133 and I don't think of him as that player he, you know he's not that tall he's not that well I think he's had these shoulder issues for quite a long time that mm. he's been managing and he elected to skip the French Open not because he couldn't physically play but just to rest the shoulder I think mm. and, and, and buy him a bit of shoulder canister <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty smart yeah. actually I think we often criticise Shapovalov for making bad decisions, either, you know, mainly the micro level within a within a tennis match. His decision-making feels like something he needs to get better at. But if, if skipping the French Open and resting that shoulder is what's contributed to him, you know, having some good warm-up events to Wimbledon and now playing like this at Wimbledon, then you have to say that was a smart decision. Mm-hmm. What a centre court debut for Denis Shapovalov. And speaking of which, first on centre court today was Ange Jabeur taking out former champion Garbinia Muguruza from a set down 5 7, 6 3, 6 2. The story of the day, the moment of the day, the match of the day for me. Yeah, yeah. she was amazing. She was amazing because Muguruza came out to be relentless and just knock her off the court the way she does. And uh, and she was having some success with that early on. And uh, we, we actually ended up with three winners on centre court today who were all showing off in the very nicest possible way, showing us all what they've got because they'd never been there before. And, I mean, Jabir was the best of the lot in a way because she's not just blasting the ball. She... Must have hit 30-odd drop shots in the course of that match. And some of them were off the clean return. You know, full-blooded first serves from a Garutha. She's hitting a drop shot <laughs> on the return. 
and it was driving Muguruza to distraction. <laughs> and I, uh, I and I love how much she loves her own drop shot. She says that so many coaches have told her to stop doing it. She just says, "No, I'm doing the drop shot. It's a it's a great thing." She she was so extraordinary today. There was there was a defiance about her that I've that I've not seen before. She you know, it was a six two final set from Onstraber, but it felt in the balance the whole way somehow. And Muguruza, I'm just reading from uh, from Reem Abalil, who's a, a journalist that um an Egyptian journalist that covers uh uh Onstraber very closely, that Muguruza saved 24 of 29 break points today mm, and there, there were lots of moments where you thought that was your chance on Strabur and and it's gone and Muguruth is a, a Grand Slam champion and she's not going to give you another one well Jabur created other ones yeah I checked with IBM and that's a women's record at Wimbledon joint record for most break points saved in a match 24 wow so for you know, it, it, it reflects brilliantly on both of them. For Muguruza to be able to fend off that many and for Jabir not to get discouraged and disheartened that she wasn't taking those opportunities and, as you said, to create more. Yeah, I thought she was amazing and I loved, as you said, David, the fact this was her centre court debut as well. I just think it's so cool to see players who've been around for quite a while now. We've known about Ons Jabir go on to tennis's biggest stage in many ways, centre court at Wimbledon, and just be introduced to that audience. And I think the great thing about Jabir is when you learn about her as a tennis player or see her as a tennis player for the first time, you're also getting this amazing insight into Jabir the person because in her own words, her game reflects her personality and her character. You know, she says, I hate routine and I hate rhythm and I play tennis like that. And that just comes across. And I think crowds really connect with her. And I think we saw that on Centre Court today. Mm. She uh, she said it means a lot, especially so many Arab people watching me and supporting me. I've received a lot of messages from different people. It's amazing. But I don't want the journey to stop here. I want to continue. Well, what she achieved at the end was one of the most moving things I've seen on the tennis court because when she was serving for that match and when the nerves were starting to jangle, she walked to the back of the court right in front of our commentary box and vomited in the corner of the court and couldn't, couldn't handle the, the moment physically. I mean, she did, but, but it overcame her for a second and she was down on her haunches and very... You know, she was trying to be very discreet about it, but this happened in the corner of the court, just ahead of match point. And she got up and she served it out. And it was just, I mean, Annabelle Croft was in the commentary box alongside me with tears in her eyes. She was just so moved by this sight. And um, and the crowd were as well, because I think not everybody could see this. And, um, you know, <laughs> that's the moment where the umpire said to the ball kid, just move to the right a bit there. <laughs> You, so that you're not standing you in it. Hop- no, I, I thought he said, "Could you move so that you're sort of covering it?" I think. Oh no, I think it was away from it. Yes. Oh, so it was just there. It was. It yeah the. 
the area where the vomit was was <laughs> right where the bull kid would have been standing. Right. I thought the umpire was asking the bull kid to sort of straddle the vomit <laughs> to well, create what, a no. sort of shield. What, what I loved about what Anstra Bird did as well, she didn't make a song and dance about this. She no. did not say, I want to see a trainer. She didn't, she didn't mention it. She didn't make a meal of it. She just got up and, and accepted it. Accepted mm. that that's how she'd felt for a, a few seconds, and then still went and served it out. I mean, I, I my my admiration from for her is just without limits. Mm. Yeah, totally. And she was asked about it in her press conference, and you know they said, "Are you okay?" And and she said, "Yes, I just need to vomit." Um, <laughs> Sometimes I just need to vomit. But but she did point out that this is not unique to today she says she has got some stomach issues which she's trying to improve and it it does happen to her in matches that she that when she's nervous whatever water she's drank or whatever doesn't doesn't stay down and comes back up again and and she's dealing with this as a as a it sounded like a fairly regular thing on court and just like you, David, I was I was amazed at how she managed to do that, and then you know look so nerveless in that situation, and then play a completely nerveless match point, which was an, an, an incredible sequence of events. And she, I think, she finished it with a forehand winner. Mm. Mm. It was extraordinary. And, and she has this way of back. she has this way of just sort of planting her feet and just swiping the ball away and as you say then just fell flat on her back I mean that was a title winning moment Mm. okay it was only the third round but for her this is uncharted territory and she's done it against a former champion and a former world number one she will play Iga Svantec next who beat Irina Camelia Begu 6-1 6-love in under an hour today she, she was done before midday <laughs> i mean extraordinary just <laughs> absolutely crushed an baby. hour and a half before center court even <laughs> started shantek mm. was in the shower and it, it, it's so interesting because she admitted herself prior to wimbledon that she was really struggling on the grass or not comfortable on it yet I think would be fair to say and then she was asked yeah but you won junior Wimbledon you you know you must have some comfort on it and she said well I only won junior Wimbledon a because I was just better than everyone in the draw and more developed and older so it was just it didn't really matter what the surface was it was just my tournament and b because I was so pissed off that I hadn't won the junior Roland Garros just <laughs> just a few weeks before and I sort of channeled all that energy into Wimbledon and I'm kind of thinking maybe she's doing the same thing here maybe she's really annoyed with what happened to her at Roland Garros losing to Zachary in the quarterfinals and she's just come to Wimbledon so determined just to ruthlessly crush everyone again magnificently merciless isn't Mm. she 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 came and did an interview with us on five live and and honestly everybody loved it everybody that's one of the thought things that occurred to me you know it's two years since there was a wimbledon and there's so many players that have come along in that period and Mm. and she is somebody that is 
instantly likable. And that's how she came across on the radio, for sure. So, yeah, Jabur against Sviontek in the section of the draw below that, so the very bottom of the draw, it'll be Arena Sabalenka against Elena Rabatkina Crikey, on I mean, Monday. That, because there's two contrasting types <laughs> yeah. of match there, really, aren't there? Sabalenka beat uh, Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano, the qualifier today, love and three, and Rabatkina beat Shelby Rogers 6-1. Six four. Really hope on Jabir shows up against Sviontek, plays well. Just wanted to do do herself justice, regardless of whether Sviontek wins. Uh, you know. Okay, I was talking about Sabalenka and, and Rebecca. It just David. occurred to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nothing to say about Sabalenka. Not really. Okay. No, I'm more interested in this one, to be honest. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't see those matches today but I did hear that that scoreline of Sabalenka's didn't reflect the match I think it was one of the more hard four six love sets you'll ever see which I always think <laughs> I always think sounds a bit kind of patronizing to the person who's lost it six love you lost all the games but good, yeah, but good, it was close good effort yeah but uh, you know I think I think that's another good win for Sabalenka mm. and of course she's never got past the fourth round at, at any a, slam. At any slam. So this is Huge this is match. as far as she's got. Massive match for her. Mm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. David, are you all right if I move on elsewhere? Or 
more on Jabir Shviontek. What do you think? I well, say move on. I'm slightly, I don't know, slightly worried about how into this David is. There's two, there's two days you've got to get through without this match. Are you going to be okay? I'll be fine. Okay. Well, you'll also have to wait two days for Madison Keys against Victoria Golubich. Okay. Not a problem. Let's go. <laughs> um, Victoria Golubich beat Madison Brengel two and one. Madison Keys. We'd stopped factoring her in. We'd stopped talking about her. She'd been. She hadn't been anywhere near a mix for a blooming long time. She's in my quarterfinals. She's just yeah, but that's that does not a mix make. She's just beaten Elisa Merton seven five six three. Good win. Victoria Golibich for a place in the quarters. Mix anyone? I, I I still think there's too much scar tissue there, but I'm willing to be proved wrong. I just I don't trust her. Really? Okay, same question then about Karolina Pliskova. Don't trust her Beat Montinsova today, 6-3, six, 6-3, three, six, three, plays Samsonova, the wild card, who of course won Berlin a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, oh, I'm, I'm into Samsonova. Explain, me, explain. Me too. Tell me, what, tell me about her, because I haven't seen her play really well, very much. I feel like I'm... Dis- I'm on a journey of discovery with Samsonova, things I knew before this tournament were that she'd won Berlin, which I must say clashed with Queens and therefore passed me by. And I'm, I feel terrible about that just on a selfish level because I ignored her in my predictions uh, and I shouldn't have done because I think she's really great. I also thought she was Italian Turns out she used to represent Italy. She was Italian. She was Italian and she's now representing Russia or actually has done for quite a while. And the other thing is that I remembered that she's the player that when you put in her surname into Google, it brings up the Wikipedia page of a Russian serial killer. Ludmilla Samsonova. If you just put in Samsonova, the first thing that that comes up or certainly used to come up was this... Russian serial killer and a, fem- a female Russian serial killer, yeah, who, who was quite elderly, I think. When <laughs> anyway, elderly we're... female serial killer, those aren't those, those aren't ten she, penny, she are was, they? She was nicknamed the Granny Ripper. Um, <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> Why am I laughing at this? Anyway, um, she... moving it back on to Samsonova, the tennis player. Just, just by the way, that would be quite an interesting um, project, <laughs> wouldn't it? To, to put into Google every tennis player's surname and see what alternatives come up. I mean, I think I must have been playing that game when this came up in the past. <laughs> um, anyway, she beat Stone Stevens today in three sets. And you can see the confidence that she has at the moment. I think she's now on a 10-match winning streak and it was it was it was the it was her win in Berlin that actually got her into this Wimbledon draw. They gave her a wild card off the back of that. And she is so fearless as a tennis player. She's got these long extravagant swings on the ground strokes and she just puts her all into every shot. Two-handed backhand? Two-handed backhand, How massive forehand. 
Um, she's mid twenties, I think, mm. um, and she just out hit Stone Stevens today. Mm. I thought. I mean, so Stone Stevens fearless, with a big with a big strapping on her on her knee after her fall in in the second round against Christiane. But yeah, fearless is the word. You know, she backs herself, and mm. that that is such an important thing. I think, especially on grass, when you've got that game to back yourself and given that she is she f- she feels it really feels like it's going to take a special performance to stop her so so Karolina Pliskova is not that woman I don't think and so and sub question not in anyone's mix I'm so interested by that match though because and I, and also by Madison Keys just because of this the way in which we're writing them off and I'm doing the same Right, mm. the scar tissue is too much for me to overcome, and too much for me to put them in the mix. But maybe this is where they rewrite their stories. Yeah, I'm, possibly. I just don't. I, I just won't predict it. Um, mm. I, I'm just. I'm just wary of Samsonova. You know, being better than I realised. The last time that happened with a player, they won the French Open. Like. Hmm. Three be, weeks ago. Don't want to be well. I was going to say you don't want to be caught out again, but uh, I, I'm going to give you one one last on Shabur question. Is she in the mix? I was thinking. I was thinking about Sviantec being the player, <laughs> and of course, you're the one who picked her to win it, win everything years ago. Anyway, uh, what were you saying? It's like that game where you answer the question before. <laughs> this is this is a challenging podcast to present. I've folks. had a long day. Shabur. Yeah. Is she in the mix? Oh, we're on about her again. Uh, I would say not. Okay. Because I would have thought Sviantek will win. Djokovic, definitely in the mix. There's the mix and then there's... Whatever he's in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when I said Jabir will never be in any mix? <laughs> Do you remember when I said that a while back? We've moved on, in, David. In your, in your lifetime. Yeah. We're going to release two podcasts. There's... <laughs> There's the mere mat track, and then there's the separate monologue track the that David is special. recording. <laughs> yeah. Djokovic, in a mix all of his own, um, did his very best to lose a set today, but then didn't to Dennis Kudler. Um, we didn't watch very much of that match because there was so much going on at the time. We we tuned in for the third set, and it looked like he might drop it. He was a breakdown but he didn't. Doesn't like court number one very much. Does doesn't he? like court number one. I doubt very much if he'll be out there again. Um, I think it was very understandable today that he was out there. He plays Christian Garin next. One today against Pedro Martinez in four sets. So with all due respect to Garin, good draw. Good draw. Hmm. Martin Fuchovic, uh got the better of Diego Schwartzman. Four sets. Matt predicted it. And there, there was a there was a time when there were sort of three really thrilling, excellent matches happening, and Matt put Fuchovic Schwartzman on the big screen. I was like, "What? What is this editorial was decision? Was that just predictions based? <laughs> totally." <Yeah. laughs> in fact, I did it twice. I did it at the end of the third set when he was trying to serve it out. He didn't serve it out. Went to a fourth. I did it at the end of the fourth set and he was having a lot of trouble winning that as well it seemed to be whenever I was watching the sort of universe was punishing me for that terrible editorial decision Matt but eventually was m- got there more invested than anyone's ever been in Martin Fuchovic uh, Andre Rublev this is, uh, this is a guy be... who's covered Hungary Davis Cup tie 
Really, yes. I'm into Martin Fusevich. Uh, he will play Andre Rublev next. Rublev beat Fanini four sets. That match was entertaining for a while. Fanini had a finger injury. I thought that self-inflicted. Made... So, so of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen Fanini play some of his best ever tennis with just a selection of injuries um, at Monte Carlo a couple of years ago, but not so for him today. So Rublev against Fucevic for a place in the quarterfinals. Uh, Tiafo Zagona. That's, I mean, no offence to Karen Hachanov, but that's a bit of a disappointment that mm. Tiafo has has lost in straight sets. And, uh, and it did come up, I think, in commentary today, the quip he'd made the other day about I'm a different player when I'm on a show court. And he wasn't on a show court today. And, and he lost... Well, pretty pretty handily. Mm. I mean, he wasn't on the show court against Vasek Pospisil either in, in in the round before, and he was yeah, we, he was fine. In, we were in so that impressed match. with that, weren't we? You know, tricky grass court player and backing up a big win in the opening round. We thought that was the banana skin. The totally, Pospisil, I the thought match. I thought he dodged that, yeah. and was now into this tournament and could possibly have too much game for Hatchinov. Yeah, um, I, I find that result. Quite a letdown, actually. Mm. For I, I mean, yeah, really, great stuff from uh, Hatchinov, but yeah, I just I'm left feeling like I I can be so exhilarated by Tiafo and then and then I feel a bit it's unfair to say let down, but um, deflated. Um, and Hatchinov in the fourth round will play Seb Sebi Sebastian Corda. Um, who was so good today. He's such a player already. Beat Dan Evans in four sets and was the better player than the 22nd seed and British number one, Dan Evans. I mean, it, it for me, it was Evans's grit and obstinacy um, and stubbornness that gave him any kind of a foothold in that match because... I think you commented, Matt, early on that it looked like they were in different weight categories. Yeah. Dan wasn't very happy with the way he played. I mean, if reading if his... You pre- no, reading his press conference transcript, he... And he, he used the words that he sometimes does, I didn't put my game on the court today. And he wasn't... And he was still paying cr- tribute to his opponent and saying how well he'd played... Um, but he was clearly disappointed with, with what he offered. But I thought Cordo was sensational. Mm. He He's something, isn't he? Got everything, really. I mm. mean, be, and the, what took me aback, it wasn't wasn't the, the language strokes I've always known about. I love his even temperament. You cannot read any frustration on him whatsoever. He gives you nothing. But the biggest turn-up for me was his, his net rushing. He went to the net more than 40 times in that match. Pretty much three or four times as many as Dan Evans did. I wasn't expecting that at all. He was serving and volleying. It was was tactical, wasn't it? Because he knew Dan Evans was going to chip and float the returns. And for a guy of his size and stature, that's easy to to pick off at at the net. But yeah, I've never seen him do do it that much before. And it it was glorious to watch. Yeah, he seems to have really good instincts, both 
knowing when to come in and where to hit his volleys it was it was really encouraging um david in I think in the same way you can't get Andy Roddick out of your head when you watch Jack Draper, I can't get Thomas Burdick out of my head when I watch Sebastian Corder. Just the purity of the strike and how smooth his game is. And yet I think what we saw from him today with that, yeah, with those instincts at the net suggests another layer perhaps to what Burdick had. And and the even temperament and how calm he is is completely what what strikes me. I mean, his facial expression didn't change the whole match. And I think it's interesting because, you know, he's called Corder and his dad's sitting there in the box. And he's that... aged well, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Peter I mean, Corder. I don't know if it's facial hair covering up a, a multitude of wrinkles, <laughs> but I, I, I had to Google his age because <laughs> I thought, that can't, that can't be Peter Corder. <laughs> but... It's the comparisons to his father which come most naturally, but actually, Seb Sebby Sebastian credits his his mum, who was also a top tennis player. I think about about twenty five in the world. She peaked at, and she, he credits her with helping to install and instill this calm temperament because she was apparently like that. And I think. Her influence on his game is is probably more, perhaps, than Peter's influence on his game. Um, I just find it fascinating. And I I cannot get enough of how much the Corder siblings all support each other in all of their various incredible achievements. I just I, I love the vibe of that mm, family. It's big love, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's really great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really taken with the... Seb Sebi Sebastian mm. Corder and, and so just one other thing he, he he says he's in touch with Andre Agassi every day every day yep every day that they're talking apparently does Peter Corder know that <laughs> <laughs> apparently yes and Agassi was you know a big part of Wow. Of, of the advice he gave him on his you know centre court debut today and he was wow. he was tapping into that and he said I he He's not going to the Olympics. He's made the decision to skip the Olympics, and he said Agassi was involved in that in that decision-making mm, process. Agassi was never, never big on the Olympics, was no. he? I, I, I hadn't quite realised that Agassi was so involved. I, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd seen photos of mm. wow of Corda no, with Agassi, but I hadn't realised that actually it's a kind of official thing that's happening wow. all the time. You know, so even, he's got even two Grand Slam champions just on speed dial, available whenever he likes. No wonder he's decent. Uh, Now, that was all really lovely chat, folks, but consider it an aperitif or or hors d'oeuvre or appetizer, if you will, for the main event, which is the reluctantly named birth of Venik. I don't love that name, but I I have surveyed the options and I have to admit that that is the best of a poor selection of of options. Can we just do without and call them no. their names? <laughs> no. I can't stand these names. Didn't you, you didn't coin like Steph- Sir Andy? Didn't, that yeah. one's funny, though. <laughs> if it's Did good, you not like Stefanik? What? No, I didn't. 
Oh. It was rubbish. I liked, I liked well, it's Matherin. A good, well, it's a good job, I'm, it's a good job I'm running this show funny. then, isn't it? Is V-Nick, good. Matt, you watched most of it. I did, yes. It was it was clashing with the Evans Evans quarter match, um, but, you know, it was such a big event. I felt like Can we just really tell my mum that this is Kyrgios and Venus Williams because she probably doesn't know. There we go. Yes. Um, and look, they won. They won uh, in a third set against uh, Krychek and... That's Austin. Austin Krychek and... Ooh. <laughs> Santa Maria? Santa Maria, yes. First name possibly unknown. <laughs> I mean... I'll be honest, my attention was on She Nick didn't Kyrgios know what the format of the match Williams. was, so yes, us she, not knowing her first name is... Yes, she asked the umpire whether they were playing Sudden Death Deuce or Ad. <laughs> uh, were they? <laughs> they were playing Advantage. They're playing Normal. Normal tennis. Deuce. Wimbledon oh. does not recognise Sudden Death Deuce <laughs> as a thing. And look, I have to say, they really grew into the match, um, because Kyrgios and... Venus were very dominant in the first set, and um, Santa Maria, in, in particular, who's who's only five foot two, did some did some incredible, well, defensive retrieving. I thought, and look, it was it was just it was just a joy to watch Nick Kyrgios and Venus Williams on the court together, both having a lot of fun. I think Nick Kyrgios, in particular, you could tell was absolutely desperate to do everything he could so that they won that match mm. and and he, and he said as much normally he said i don't really care about the result in doubles it's a bit of fun and i enjoy it absolutely but i don't really mind what the result is too much he was you know doing his all so that they mm. won and and sometimes too much sometimes he was he was taking venus's shots and making a hash of it it was it was for me it was a really strong first date energy from nick Kyrgios, like talking too much desperate to impress whereas her energy was he's walked into the bar she's clocked him and gone oh not you but it's so lovely she's staying for a few drinks I think she loved uh-huh. it. Though. Yeah, I yeah, in a very different way. Yeah, to yeah, how he definitely. loved it. Yeah, yes. she she absolutely knew what she was getting into. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, and and I thought it was interesting. Kyrgios was commenting on the fact that Venus is able to put things behind her on the court. If something happens that she's not happy with, she's forgotten about it the next point mm. whereas Kyrgios is still hung up on something from you know a set ago ranting at the umpire about it or whatever and he said you know that was something he will take from Venus her her ability to do that I'm not sure he's her ability to ignore him while he's ranting at the umpire <laughs> her face was like you are not doing this on my behalf <laughs> uh, it is Sabrina Santa Maria, by the way uh, and she is 65 in the world at doubles. Do you know when, when you said Santa Maria, I thought that was like a team name. Um, no, it's a great name, com- isn't it? Combining no, Santa Krychek, and somebody Santa Maria. Santa Maria, there we go. So Venus Williams, Nick Kyrgios, V-Nick, uh, please submit your better mm. suggest- suggestions for a name. They play Melikar and Roger Vassala next. Oh, well, well, they'll be quite good, won't they? They're seeded, but, I believe. But so are V-Nick. 
So watch this space for further updates. That, I think, is it for day five of just what continues to be a breathtaking tournament, this Wimbledon. Um, It is brought to you by Mocha, our lovely mascot. Uh, I am so loath to mention our personal mascots because of how badly my predictions competition is going. I'm in David Law, Hail Mary territory. Um, and <laughs> it's quite good fun. <laughs> it's only day to be six fair, tomorrow. didn't oh, you win a Grand Slam predictions tournament with one of those recently? Uh, yes, maybe. But this is this is more desperate. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I apologise, Zeus. Uh, Scousel Mousel did well today with Matt Rogue David any joy no 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 okay um, thank you to Chris Albert Lee our executive producer Billy Jean thanks Billy Jean King as always she's uh, she's moved out of her TP, but um, she'll be back in it tomorrow uh, we have shout outs Matt who are they for for Louise Hunter oh like Hunter the Gladiator it's <laughs> going back about 25 years they revived it a few years ago did they oh thanks louise and louise writes to us and she's very very hello nice. louise all right louise krishna narayanan right krishna oh krishna or krishnan krishna krishna so not like krishnan guri murthy no but a bit like krishnan guri murthy <laughs> hello krishna thanks for your support and Alison Lemaire. Oh, that's cool. Oh, name. the is sea. It... Alison of the sea. Is that French? Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, is the M capitalised? Is it like McManaman? My yes. sister's called that. I think that's French. Mm. Marvellous. Lovely, lovely name. Thanks very much for your support. Thank you very much for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the newsletter if you do that. If you don't, then I retract my thanks. <laughs> do, do follow us on, on social media. I'm in charge of the Instagram and I'm loving it. Hannah's on Twitter and I'm loving reading that. Um, it's all an absolute treat. So we'll be back with one more daily podcast from week one of Wimbledon don't worry we're back with seven more next week but uh, one more to go this week and it might be a late one after the football we'll speak to you then even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. 
Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.